Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, it's Chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Jean, Natalie Jean. I'm here today with bassist and author Lindsay Manfredi. Lindsay Manfredi is the bassist for two-time gold album and platinum record selling alternative rock band Cold and published her first memoir, Personal Development Book, entitled Unfuckwithable, a guide to inspired badassery in June 2020 through Rose Gold Publishing. Manfredi also co-founded Girls Rock Indianapolis, a nonprofit rock and roll summer camp for girls ages 8 through 16 in and is a two-time TEDx speaker. And Freddie has a band, Dedicated Luxury Candle Collection in Los Angeles, California, and has music partnerships with Ernie Ball, Jim Dunlop, along with two signature series bases through Diamond Guitars. My God, this woman has done it all. I want to do, I want to read a little something about her book uh, from Amazon here. For all of these years, I've shared fragments of my life online anonymously. Now I want to share a little more of my life and experiences with you. Unfuck Withable is is partly a memoir and partly a self-help guide to help you become the badass you know you can be. Who won't take shit from anyone and a badass who can't be kind to herself too? How to become essentially unfuck withable. When I began writing this book, I decided that there was no point in telling lame stories. There was no point in writing the book at all if I wasn't willing to truly bleed for it and to bear all. No one wants to read another story about some random idiot sending a picture of his junk, right? It's been done time and time again. Yes, it has. You'd want to hear how I became who I am and how you can deal with the madness of remaining single long into adulthood in a world that believes you're only whole if you have a significant other. So that's what you're going to get. Unfuckwithable. It's funny. It's raw. It might even make you cry. More than that, I hope you will enjoy getting to know me a little more, answer some hard questions about love and life, and become stronger and more unfuckwithable version of the amazing person you already are. So let's give a round of applause to Lindsay Manfredi. I so love that button. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I don't even remember writing that. <laughs> uh, but it just shows how badass you are. I'm like, how do how do I even say unfuck with a bull? I I trust like with a bull. Fuck with a bull. You definitely are badass, and the reason I wanted to read that because there's there's a section in there about living the single life, and it is mm-hmm. so true what you say. Because I've been single uh, in December of this year would be will be will if if it remains like this would be about six years for me for being single by myself, mm-hmm. and I've been fine with it. You know, I don't feel lonely mm-hmm. because 
I'm way too busy. That's number one. Number two, in my youth, because I'm 100 years old, um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, 100, was so focused on finding that person. It was like a daily thing. And my mom was always like, oh, when are you going to meet the right guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I forgot all about myself. I had I didn't even love myself, so I had to learn to love myself and do all that self-healing, and now I love myself, and I don't give a shit about a lot of stuff. Um, right. So, <laughs> That's exactly, exactly how it is. So I had to read that part because I so resonated with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to buy the book. Oh, my God. I'm just going to have to buy the book. Um, <laughs> but I love that you wrote the book. I love that you're a badass because I, I think that we need more women like you. Um, so tell me, how did you, first of all, let's start with your basic career here. How did you begin with all of that? Oh, well, that started back when I was 17. Um, I started playing guitar. My dad had um, a, a classical Alvarez and a Mel Bay guitar book, and I just decided to pick it up one day. I was so into music growing up. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was a little girl, I just wanted to be a rock star, or pop star. You know, at the time, I was listening to Debbie Gibson and Madonna because I'm, you know, a product mm-hmm. of the 80s and 90s, right. and it just evolved. So I was playing in lots of bands, and, you know, fast forward to 2006, I I got married, and my husband, my ex-husband now, but my husband at the time was um, a really great bassist, and he's all, he was also, and still is a great guitarist, and he wanted to start a band, and it was called We're Not Mexican, and uh, he was like, I want to play guitar, so I'm going to teach you how to play the bass, which I picked on picked up immediately, and I just fell in love with it. I was a, I've always been a much better bassist than a guitarist. Wow. Um, so that's it. I started playing bass in 2006. And so when you started out your career as a bassist, how was it? I mean, as a woman and probably a male dominant field, um, how were you treated? So I started in Indianapolis. And at the time, we had, there were a couple of different bands. Um, so Eisenhower pro, or I forget the name. Um, there was this something called like the Eisenhower Project. Um, there was a band called Small Arms Fire, and we mm-hmm. all had female basis. So we would do shows together, and it was just like we would totally, you know, play that up. Like we're amazing, and um, I've never had any kind of anyone treating me bad. Like the I just did an interview recently, and like the only thing like recently is we had a bus driver on this last tour with cold with the things we can't stop. And um, he thought I was a girlfriend of somebody when he first came on, he was like, Oh, I didn't, he had walked into our sound check and he was like, Oh, I didn't know you were in the band, <laughs> but it was just like this old, like 60 year old dude, you know, he, he didn't know. I don't know. But for the most part, the music industry has really treated me well and I've, it's been great. Wow. That is, I mean, it's amazing how you, how you didn't have to face so much of the crap that a lot of women are facing now. I mean, it's just. Uh, Well, there's, there's so many women in music now and like one of the, yeah, I'm super blessed, but there are so many women that paved the way 
for me to be able to live in this industry. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say something right now. You know that okay. ex- that excerpt I just re- read? Mm-hmm. It's not even yours. So I Googled. <laughs> so the reason that you didn't remember that you wrote it is because you didn't write it. <laughs> Somebody wrote it. So there's a person that wrote Unfuck another person that wrote a book called Unfuck How to Find Your Inner Badass. And so... Oh. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that's not even you. So I'm going to take all... I'm not going to take all that stuff back because I know that you can well, relate. Well, I mean, it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something I would write, but I, I don't... You know, that's what the book is essentially about. Um oh but it's a memoir about, like, my trip down the music industry, like, through the music industry, going through a really shitty relationship that was extremely abusive physically and emotionally. And then, um, you know, getting my dream gig with one of my favorite bands of all time, Cold. So, mm. I mean, it's, it's all the, kind of the same thing. But, but it's just weird. <laughs> and so you have a luxury candle collection. What is that? Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, I do I do candles for bands and brands. So I have a cold collection that's um, on my website, and I I was partners with somebody, but we just kind of split up. So I'm I'm doing it on my own now. And um, yeah, I I love to make candles. It's like one of my favorite things in the world to do. I like to create scents and. The wax that I make is coconut wax. I that I use is coconut wax, so it burns for a super long time. I mean, in an eight ounce candle, you're going to get about 50 hours of a burn, and they're amazing. And our fans love them. And I've worked with other brands, and there's that carry my candles that have their own logo on them. So. That's yeah, awesome. That's, just a, that's a thing. That's a, it's kind of a side hustle, but it it helps with things considering we're in a pandemic and I'm not on the road. Yeah. So it kind of helped me survive a little bit. That's awesome. And the reason I asked you because it, you know, on Amazon, they also have this, this person created an unfuckwithable infused with resting bitch face wax candle. Can you imagine? That's so I, no, I don't, I don't know you, anything about this person because I have an unfuckwithable candle and it's, it's, um, yeah, I've got it. It's all over my Instagram. And I thought that was you because it, it, it's like a, a candle collection. I'm just going to have to go on your website and check out um, the candles. Um, but, yeah, mm. I mean, you had a candle that went with – so the person could read your book, have a scented candle that's unfuckwithable. Have mm-hmm. a, then you could start your own, like, wine line. <laughs> And then well, oh, I would love that because I'm a wine drinker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you should do a pair. I'm always telling people, people need to start pairing wine with stuff. And I think if you paired your wine with your book and then a candle, that would just be awesome. So something I'm absolutely going to look into. Thank you for that idea. <laughs> That's it's, like, it's funny because we, like for the band, we have a lot of people asking us when we're going to do coffee, like a cold brew. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, that would be idea. so much fun. So tell me, 
about your abusive relationship. I want to get to know you a little bit better here, and I think it'll help um, audiences understand what you went through and how they can get out of an abusive relationship. Okay, well, um, I think that when I, I used to go into relationships, like hoping to fix people, Right. And I, I did that with multiple, like multiple relationships. Like, okay, I can make this person whole if they can just learn how to love themselves and I'm going to help them love themselves and, you know, this great potential, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was uh, dating somebody that was in a band I was playing in at the time and he just ended up being not, like I stayed two years too long. He, I saw the red flags. I saw the um, possessiveness and the hypocrisy where he was cheating on me. And, but at the time I was living with him and I really wasn't working because he had a lot of money. He was Coca-Cola air trust fund. And he was basically like, okay, you don't have to work. You can just focus on music. And I didn't have, like, I had my own company, Linstar, where I was doing clients, but I was just doing so much music that it was just hard to do both. And right. we were on tour a lot, and I still had bills to pay and, uh, you know, a daughter to help support. And when you get involved in something where you're financially um, dependent on somebody and then it's abusive, it just, Oh, man, there's just so much there. Like sometimes it was great and a lot of times it was horrible. And it was, there was just finally a point where I was in, like we had a penthouse in North Hollywood and I was there and we were getting ready to um, record the album. Maybe we were about to go record the album. I don't remember, or we had just done it and I just needed to get out. And Scooter was living in Temecula at the time. And he was like, just, just come here. You don't have to go back. Right. And so Scooter basically gave me a place to live and, and really helped me get out of it because he saw what it was doing to me and it was just, it was nasty, but I got away. I had friends and family to help. So I got a job bartending at this really dope pizza shop um, called Goat and Vine in Temecula. And made some great friends, and it just went from there. So I can relate um, to the one, you know, dating people that you want to help, like people that you want to save. I think um, that has been me for most of my life. Um, Mm. Always the guys um, (laughs) that need saving. And <laughs> what it does, it makes you feel good. It feels like, oh, my God, I'm saving this person, and this is this love, and blah, 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 but that's a bunch of BS. And you don't realize that you're doing it while you're in it. It's only when you're out of it and you take a step back of self-reflection and you say, wait a minute, I can't, you can't really blame the guys sometimes because it's like a 50-50. I know that I'm choosing mm-hmm. the wrong, wrong guys. I know why I'm choosing these people because I have this need to save people like I'm a savior, but why not focus on myself and save my own soul literally and learn to love myself. And once I learn to love myself, then I'm not going to need to save anybody else. 
because what's going to come back to me is what I'm going to give out to the universe. So I know for myself is that, you know, since I wasn't loving myself and then I had the need to save these people, um, that that's what I was getting in return. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's really sad that I didn't, le- I learned that late in life, but that's okay. Every experience has a learning uh, is a learning experience. I mean, obviously, we don't want to have to go through some of the things that we've been through, but it's, it's mm-hmm. made us stronger, um, mm-hmm. and we can talk about it, and people like you, or authors like you, um, can come out and say, this is my experience, this is what I've been through, and this is how you can avoid <laughs> getting into those types of entanglement. Um, what, why, why and when did you decide that you wanted to put this book out to the universe? Well, I decided in 2016 when I had taken a break from him and I, was, I went to Indiana to spend time with my family and just regroup because it was just nasty. And I was like, I'm not going back to this dude. I moved all of my shit. It was in store because we had lived in, we were living in Los Angeles, but we were going back and forth because we had family in Indiana. And <clears throat> we were in Indiana for, uh, to visit family and something had happened to where I was like, this is it. So I just packed all my shit out of his mom's huge garage because that's where all my stuff was stored. Because I always have storage in this because I'm constantly on the road. So I just moved everything out. And I went to him and I stayed with my dad for a month. And I, when I started writing the books, I was reading all these books um, just to kind of get spiritually refocused and know that all of these things that he was saying to me were just projections and that none of those things were true. I'm not selfish. I'm not, I don't think I'm better than everybody because you know, when, when you are just like, I'm not going to deal with this right now and you don't uh, fall into the trap of fighting and arguing and being nasty, then a narcissist or an abuser turns it around on you and say, you think you're better than I am and oh, blah, blah, blah. you know, you're not all the things that keep you like, Oh my God, am I, do I do that? Just the questions. And it really takes one of the best things about that experience. I think is that I can immediately see red flags with, mm-hmm. if I date some, right. go on a date with somebody like, uh, I just, I can, I can afford to be choosy and picky, and I know that the universe is going to bring the right person at the right time, and I'm really busy. And it's going to take a super strong person on top of that because I'm around my band all the time, all males. In a, I'm in a male-dominated industry. I'm on the road a lot. It takes a lot of trust, faith, mm-hmm. um, an emotionally strong <laughs> person and plus they have to have their shit together too you know they have to have their own thing going because I don't believe that people complete one another I think that you know we're in this universe it's a planet if it works great but they're not like your entire universe oh amen to that sister I say it again amen so you know for me, there have been moments where, you know, I've been on dating sites. Hell, I've been on, on them all, I think. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's, I wish I could be on a dating site, but it, I can't be like, oh, there's a basis for cold. She's on Tinder or <laughs> Talkify or Match.com. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I have to do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> well, you know what? It's interesting. So I've seen some articles where some of the f- famous actors and actresses actually have been on, who was it? 
there was there's a couple of them. I can't remember their names where they actually were on like I don't I don't think it was match.com. I think some of them were on Tinder or something like that or Bumble or something. And they actually met a couple of people on there. Um no, I get it. I get it. The thing is, um I've been on most of them and I hate dating sites. Like I, I decided because of the pandemic, let me just go on one more. And I haven't been on one in years. And <laughs> I, I hate dating. And I now I remember why I hate them because on oh, so I, I'm on this one site and so the people can, you can like their photo or like them and then you're supposed to say something. And so people don't say anything. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little old school when it comes to who approaches first and I like the guy to approach first, but there are rare moments where I will say something. And so, um, <laughs> This one guy, we started talking, and then we exchanged numbers, and he said, oh, I'm going to call you someday. I said, great, great. And then he, he texted me, and it just so happens I have a friend that has the same name. So when he texted me, I was just like, what is this number, and why did, did he change his number? So I was like, oh, why did you change your number? And then he says, no, this is not the guy. And then he went back on the dating site. It was just nasty because Natalie didn't realize that um, it was a different Paul. But before I went back to the dating site, uh, I, I told the guy, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were this person, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, I accept your apology. But he was nasty on the dating site. I'm so, I cannot deal with high maintenance man, men. That is no, high maintenance. I can't either. That is kidding? high maintenance. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, it's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a red flag right there. You're like, okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. And then, yeah, yep. I don't have time for any of that. I, and that even goes with all my relationships, including friendship relationships. If you're going to be nasty to me ever, fuck you. Bye. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that you brought that up. So, because um, you're just showing me, you know, I have a little badass in me. Um, that <laughs> this past year or the past six years, um, have been very interesting and enlightening for me in regards to friendships. Um, so, you know, I found a lot of my friends were racist. You know, I don't know if I was their mm-hmm. chosen or whatever. That was one. And then mm-hmm. number two, um, I had a really good friend. I mean, I did everything for this friend, everything. I've never done a bad thing towards this person. And then... She she did this thing to me four different times where she just stopped talking to me for no reason. And the first time she did it, she's she's just like, that's how I am. I just need my space. And I had known her for less than a year. I said, but I don't know you like that. She goes, well, my friends do. I said, but I don't. She apologized, but she did the shit four more times, and I was done. Because I told her last time, if you do this shit one more time, Natalie's oh, I'm over this. I don't because you can be in a mentally abusive relationship with your friends. People just mm-hmm. don't, your friends can treat you like shit. They can. And so at the, the, it was the last straw. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and I'm better, better for it. You know, I think because of the pandemic, we've had time to, to do a lot of self-reflection. I don't want to be treated a certain way, especially if I'm giving love to you in return and trying to help you in your career and doing all this. Stuff. Oh, no. I agree with you. Fuck you. No, I don't need that anymore. 
Yeah, there's no point in that being. I just believe that the only people that you should have in your circle are the people who support you and love you and lift you up and want to cheer you on regardless of, it's like my, you know, Lewis Howes has the School of Greatness podcast and and he um, posts lots of things, but you're never going to have somebody doing big things talk shit about you because they're also doing great things. It's only the people who are jealous or insecure that are going to sit around and make you feel bad about what you are trying to accomplish or what you are accomplishing. Yeah. I mean, so, and I just think that we need to always have people in our lives to lift us up and that's all that anyone should have time for. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Preach it, sister. And that's what I've been telling people. I said, you know what? I don't want to deal with negativity anymore. I just don't want it. And so this, um, because of the pandemic and the COVID and all this different stuff that I've been through this year, I decided to leave my job. And the reason I did is because I felt as though I needed to be in an environment where I'm truly uplifted and that I'm happy. It's not that I have mm-hmm. money to do this, but I'm a fighter, I'm strong, and I can get things done. And I had to really think long and hard about this. And the one thing about the pandemic that teaches you, we always knew that life was short, but the pandemic really showed you that life is truly, truly, truly short. And that mm-hmm. really, Absolutely. if there's something that you want to do in life, you should just go do it. And that... Yeah. During that process, during that journey, surround your people, surround yourself, sorry, surround yourself with amazing, positive people that are going to uplift you, um, that are going to support you. They're just going to be there for you. Um, and, it's, and, and because I've let go of a lot of relationships, I, I, I feel a lot better. Ooh, it's like a weight was lifted. Yeah, yeah, you don't ever want to feel bad for the things that you're doing when you're not hurting anybody. And and it was, yeah, I just really went through a, a nasty breakup with, a you know, somebody who I love, like my girlfriend, that I really loved her, and it sucks. And I've had to mourn the, that loss over the last month. But at the end of the day, like, just watching how it all just kind of started trickling down to where it was nasty um, and passive-aggressive, and then all – bordering aggressive and just the things that she would say to me as a friend. And I, I was just like, okay, if you're not going to be around to help me with any of this and just be nasty. Then I'm just going to go on my own and do my own thing. And, but it's important. And it's, but you know how you just said you like so short, so you just need to go do something. I was watching this show last night called big sky on Hulu mm-hmm. And there was a scene where this little sister is like, well, I didn't, I stayed here because I didn't have any place to go. And her brother was like, well, you don't have to have a place to go. You just go and you find a place. Like, and that's where I've always, but I've always done that in life. I moved Mm -hmm. to Florida when I was 20 years old, just on a whim, traded in my car and packed up all my gear, stayed with people in Gainesville. Like I didn't have I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to go play music and I was going to get the hell out of Indiana. And I've just always moved. I've always, 
I've always just gone and done things and it's, it's taught me so much about myself and it's helped me be a more evolved person, I believe, versus just making excuses as to why you can't do something. Amen to that. What are, what, okay, what three things can you tell us are the keys to badassery? Well, number one is loving yourself, believing in yourself. And that's so hard to do in such an image-driven society. And something that I struggle with, and I have to remind myself, like, I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be a certain way. I don't have to be a size zero in order to be accepted or in order to date. And I'm, I'm just, I think that when you love yourself and stand in your power, that's when you can get things done. That's one. Two, fuck what anybody else thinks. Like Amen. your dreams are your your dreams are your dreams. And that's what makes you you and unique. So don't listen to what people say about it, whether it's your family, your friends, if it's if people are discouraging you to do it, you have to always listen to your heart. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You and know, I grew up I think yeah. in, Oh, go go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Um I think, and the last thing I would say is do the work. Overnight successes are 20 years and <laughs> 20 years of work before right. you're like an overnight success. So you, you have to put in the work, whatever it is, whether you're an artist, whether you're a musician or a writer, you have to write and you have to fail and you have to write shitty things and get better. And you have to be in bands that don't make it before you're in a band that does. You know, you just work at what you love and do it. And those are, when you love yourself, when you take no shit and you work on the things that you need to do, the universe listens and picks up on that vibration and you will get that back in some form. It might not be what you expect at the time, but when you open yourself up to what the universe has to offer and just allowing it to come in, that's where the fucking magic is. That's right. That's right. Um, but you hit on the, this point that I was talking to somebody about um, a few hours ago is that, you know, you can't care about what people think. And I think that that is the one, the biggest thing that stops people from doing a lot in this world because they're so mm, afraid. Yeah. They, they, they need people's, um, what's the word that I was going to use? Approval. They, you know, approval. Approval. Yeah, they need people's approval. And that is just so wrong. You don't need anybody's approval. Look, we're in the music business. Obviously, when you're submitting music song or whatever, you want obviously you want the people to love your song. But music is subjective. So if that group doesn't want your song, somebody else might want it. And so Mm -hmm. for me in the music I really don't care you know, sometimes you enter songwriting contests or or, or award shows and some and they want to give you feedback. I will. I read the feedback and I do. I, I do what I want because I there's one <laughs> exactly. I wrote them back because they gave me some feedback on a song and um and I said, well, how can you tell me how to write this song? This is this came from my own personal experience and for me, I don't think there's one way to write a song. I think music has to evolve over time. I think people should write 
the way that they want to write. Now, obviously, if you're trying to get a song in the film, think whatever, and they're looking for a particular thing, that's what they need. But mm-hmm. to tell me as an artist that, oh, well, you want your old school and you want this, that, and that, that, that is good for you, but that's not what you're going to get from me. <laughs> right. We, oh, and I think that when it comes to the, when it comes to taking feedback from people, like, I mean, even like, such as producers, when you right. are working on your music, I think that there is a, a, there needs to be a balance between like receptivity to what other suggestions people have and also right. being true right. to yourself, yes. you know, cutting, you know, cutting a bridge down eight measures, you know, versus like, Oh, this whole thing needs to be like, rah, rah, rah. it's just, yeah, there's, it's just a fine balance, but you always, always need to be true to yourself and true to the art that you're creating. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And so, you know, these past couple of months, I've just been moved to um, send out these inspirational quotes, which I do every morning. And um, every morning is different depending on my mood. Um, or if somebody said something that was the wrong thing to me. Yeah, I'm one of those. If somebody says the wrong thing to me, you know a quote's going out about people. Um, so people, yeah, I do that. Um, a lot of the quotes have been about being yourself, loving yourself, um, not caring about what people think, being fearless. Um, in a world, because I think people need to understand it's okay to want to be happy. It's okay to be happy. It's okay. You're supposed to be happy. Like that's what, what our spirit is made for this journey, this happiness. We're supposed to feel joy as, as human beings. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that on a daily basis. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, the, and I think one of the key ingredients also is knowing your worth. Yes. It's, People try to destroy you on all, so many levels by trying to tell, oh, you're not worth it. You're not this. You're not that. And then so you have to be able to be strong enough to say, no, I know who I am. And I am worth everything yes. that I believe that I am. Yes. Um, and I think that's all. And that's, yeah, well, well, that's definitely the underlying message of unfuckwithable. It is so you learn your worth and learn what you love. And that's when you can, you can be strong without being hard. You can feel pain without holding on to it. Like you can be in the moment and feel those things, but right. then you love yourself enough that you don't live in them. You feel them for a minute, even if it's a couple fucking days. But then you right. let it go and say, thank you, universe. That was a lesson. I'm, I'm here. And thank you for eliminating that thing out of my life that wasn't making me happy. I mean, again, when you have that vibration, the universe will always give it back to you. There's no, there's, you can't fight the law of attraction. And I want to teach people and I want people to love themselves and know that they are worthy, that it it is important. And their happiness is fucking important. Yep. Yes, it is. So if somebody comes to you and they say, you know what, I need to learn to know my worth, what is it that you would tell them? What do you, I would ask, I would ask, what do you love? Mm. What makes you feel worthy? That's right. You know, there's there so many questions. There's not like one specific answer for someone's self-worth because right. everybody's been through so many different things. But it's definitely getting down to the nitty-gritty of, like, well, what makes me feel this way? And what the fuck? And what am I doing to help improve my self-esteem and my, you know, my image? Because no matter what it is, there's a solution. 
Yes, there is. Amen to that. There is always a solution for everything. We just mm-hmm. have to be enough to, to, to follow it. And yeah, and I mean, and look at multiple solutions. There might be multiple things. But I mean, just like if somebody is like, oh, I feel like shit, I have low energy, I feel fat. Well, that's when you look at yourself and you're like, well, what am I putting into my body? How am that's I moving what? myself today? What, you know, or I'm not good enough. Well, what am I doing to become better on a daily basis? No, you're 100% right. So tell me about Girls Rock. What is that about? Well, Girls Rock, gosh, I haven't um, had anything to do with Girls Rock in so many years since I've been out in California. But so Girls Rock is a nonprofit summer camp for girls ages 8 to 16. And I think, well, it might, they might have changed the age. But basically, it's, you know, a day camp where girls can come together and they can learn how to play an instrument and form a band and write a song and like use all this creativity and at the end of the week they perform the song for it's always a sold out audience in indianapolis and i mean there are there are hundreds of camps all over the world so um right i just got to the honor of being a part of the girls rock chapter or the indianapolis chapter and it's such an incredible way for females to learn creativity and expression through music. I love that because it's so important. That's why my friend and I, Nikki Chris, started Sisters in Music because, you know, we want to let people know <laughs> that women don't have to be petty or divas. We can all be on the same platform. The world is a big world. There's space for all of us. Um, you don't have to be somewhere particular in your career to be seen as some someone. You just have to be. Exactly. And exactly. You just have to be. You know, I'm trying to create these T-shirts. I should put that down. <laughs> I'm like trying to come up with all these sayings for T-shirts. Uh, but you definitely just have to be. You just, just, you just have to know. The thing is. You just have to know who you are. I think when we really, like the whole self-reflection thing, when you understand who you are as a person and what your needs are and how you can go about fulfilling those needs, and like you said, being joyful, I think that's when you, that's when you get your badassery. Uh, exactly. Truly, truly empowered. Uh, because you, you will have faith. And I, and I think it comes from a place of fear also. You will have confronted that specific fear of, am I worth it? Am I good enough? Um, oh, my God, this person is really not going to like this. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. No. There's no time for that in this world. There just isn't. You're either going, you're mm-hmm. either going to or not. Um, and I know from my own experience, it took me a while, but I got there. And it's funny. A lot of people would say, you were an introvert. You were shy. You didn't really think much of yourself. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I, mean, I like to speak my truth. Um, and I say it, the first time I say it, <laughs> I say it in a loving manner. But if you come at me mm. in a different manner, <laughs> then you're going to get the other side. That's just the truth of it. You know, I'm a very loving, loyal, supportive person. 
I just love to help people. But when people treat me like shit, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. There's, I, yeah. I yeah, I'm done. I'm not accepting stuff anymore. I've got, let me tell you, I've had friendships that were like 10 years old and stuff like that. And I said goodbye because I'm not dealing with the crap anymore. I shouldn't have to and nobody else should. Yeah, I let, I let, I've let go of so many people and I'm okay. I'm all right with it. And it's, again, the vacuum effect of the universe when you realize your worth and you let go of the people who are not for you, then mm-hmm. the people who are for you just will randomly come into your life and you don't know how, but exactly. it happens. And it's, it's hap- it happens to me time and time again. And I, I've been building such great relationships with some super, super dope people in the last year. And I, I'm happy. I really am happy. And that's not to say I don't get bummed out. Like I was super bummed out for multiple days last week. I cried. Mm. I was just not feeling a hundred percent and I lived in it and I picked myself up, got a good night's sleep, meditated. And like, we're back. I I feel like I'm back a little bit with a little pizzazz. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And you know what? That's okay. We take I just the, the other day I was crying because I had to let it <laughs> out. There's all the up and down emotions about everything that's going on, and 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 just you know you have your low points. Everybody ha- and it, it's okay. You know, sometimes we just have to let it out, whether it's crying or belting out something or playing the guitar or whatever. You just have to let it out. I think the the worst thing that people can do is keep everything inside, because when you do that, oh, it come out, and it might not come out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree a hundred percent with you. Sometimes you know we're we're not we're not we're not perfect, and we're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to be real. right, and not every day. Right, and not every day is going to be good. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, definitely try to have a 90-10 ratio of 90%. I'm okay. <laughs> 10% I'm a shit show. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I sit back and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this music stuff because of the people that I've encountered. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I have to encounter people like this, I don't know. I don't want to do this stuff um, anymore. And you know, and then something will happen. I'll get an email. Um, uh, this was a couple of years ago. I was like, I'm not going to do music anymore. I'm just sick of this. And somebody sent me an email, and they were talking about how they love my voice, this, that, and the other, and it's, this is amazing. Mm. I was like, okay, I hear you, universe, so I'm going to keep doing this stuff. I really love it. Music is my saving grace. But I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, some of these people out there, they're cray-cray, but I'm going to keep doing it. So I truly believe that if you're meant to do something, there's always something in the universe that's going to tell you you need to stick with it. Yeah, and that's why artists continue to create. And that's why we have so many, you know, look at just like the older generation of, of rock stars that continually play music. It keeps us young. And just, for example, Scooter, my singer, he, there's not any bone in his body that he's creating constantly. Right. And when you have songs in your head, you have to get them out. When you have an idea, you have to get it out. I have to pick up my guitar and voice note that shit 
when right. I'm like laying in bed and I eat an edible and I'm so tired and it's like this whole idea comes to me and I'm pissed off because I have to get back up, but I have to get it out. <laughs> right. What? It always happens like that. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. We've got to get it out. Well, Lindsay, this has been an amazing conversation, probably one of my favorites um, because we were just Oh, no, thank you. I love, I mean, I, I, I just love you. You're just, you're just awesome. You are badass. Obviously you're an empowered woman. Mm-hmm. You have something to say and you're not, not going to be afraid to say it. And I love women, people, women that speak their truth um, because we need more of that in the world. We need um, examples like you out there that show other women and men and whoever wants to listen um, that it's okay. It's okay to are it's okay to speak your truth and it's okay you know to cry sometimes it's okay to be real you, that's the bottom line yeah yes and you are amazing and keep doing what you're doing sisters and music is amazing and it's empowering and i love that well thank you so much i really appreciate it. i am going to follow you don't think i'm a stalker but i have to follow you and everything that you do um i am going to oh i'm book. a stalker trust and believe <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Let's talk each other. Let's talk each other. Let's talk each other. We'll get a book to you. We will get you a book, and yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Please get me a book. I want one. I want it. I'm going to email yes. you well, thank- my address. Okay. And send me an invoice. Um, okay. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me. I know that we tried to do this a couple weeks ago, and I got my date. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know you weren't feeling well and it's okay and we rescheduled and I'm glad that we had this chance chance to chat and you know, things happen. But we got together and you were on chatting with Nan and I really appreciate it. So I want you to have an awesome week. Yeah, you too, darling. And we'll talk soon. Thank you everyone. Bye. That was chatting with Nan. Bye. Men Freddie, she was awesome. I love her. Go buy her book. Um, you need to be empowered and unfuckwithable. A guide to inspired badassery is going to teach you how to do that. Until next time. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.